as you are likely aware, on August 8th, there was a fire in Maui, which is an island in Hawaii, and that fire was on the west coast in a small town called Lahaina. There are over 1,300 individuals that have not been located, and there's a dirty secret that the government and the news is not telling you. Of those 1,300, many are thought to be children. Today, I'm going to explain why and also talk about why things are being labeled a conspiracy theory, and maybe we should not call them that just yet. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on this great Thursday. We are talking about what's happening in Hawaii today. We're going to get into a little bit of the conspiracy theories that are out there. We're going to talk about the New York Post and how they're calling a lot of this a conspiracy theory. But I'm going to remind the New York Post that they had to retract their conspiracy theory talk back during COVID and they published that the conspiracy theorists were correct. Perhaps they will be correct once again. As always, make sure you're going over to americaoutloud.news where you can check out all my colleagues' work and keep up to date on the 24-7 talk radio network that's going there available on all of your app devices. Let's get straight into it. First, if you listen to my shows just a week ago, You know that I said that the Founding Fathers considered the freedom of the press the absolutely most essential thing to maintaining an informed electorate, maintaining informed citizenship. In fact, freedom can only exist in the society of knowledge, right? And so if you remember those shows, I talked about Michael Benark, I talked about, you know, how our Founding Fathers really thought the First Amendment was so, so important. So explain to me why Nick Sorter hopped on a plane to Hawaii just two days ago and was greeted by people telling him that there was a press-free area now where the press is not allowed into parts of Lahaina. They're not allowed to ask questions of the people directly on the ground because they are evacuating, closing roads, and closing access. Well, I said to Nick, what I believe is going on is the fact that this is a mass graveyard. And so they don't want the evidence to get out that there are bodies still strewn about that they need to get to over time and that things are really bad. Well, I got on a Twitter space both yesterday at 8 a.m. as well as last night at 8 p.m. And the information that I'm hearing is absolutely horrifying. People from the island are telling me and telling others that. I guess because there was this hurricane offshore, they had already closed schools. So children were left home alone while parents went off to work. Now the hurricane passed by the island many miles away. So they were pretty surprised when all the wind came in without the rain and the storm parts. There were no emergency sirens. Now, Hawaii 
and specifically Maui because of the volcanic activity, uh, they have one of the most robust siren systems. You probably remember back when North Korea, uh, there was tensions, the sirens and text messages went off. People were hiding in sewers just years ago, thinking a missile was incoming. But nope, when the fires get started, there's no sirens that go off to tell people, hey, this is getting bad. When the hurricane force winds get started, there's no one telling people, hey, you know what? Why don't you leave work and head home to your children? In fact, firefighters, according to eyewitness reports, thought that they put out a blaze and left the scene. That blaze later ignited into a bunch of other areas. There are also eyewitness reports that would explain to people that they heard what sounded like explosions, pop, pop, pop. But the most horrifying thing that I heard from eyewitness testimony, people that were on the island when it was happening, people that were trying to evacuate that eventually made it to safety, was the fact that if you look at a map, just to kind of point this out to my listeners as well, go to Google Earth or whatever you want to look at, and you look at Lahaina, you'll notice there's really only one access road that goes south of the mountains and gets back over to the east coast of uh, Maui. You cannot go north unless you want to drive on dirt roads. So there's really one access road that can get you in and out of this area. So when people decided to try to make it to this road, they noticed the traffic was backed up. The reason why traffic was backed up is because police were operating under uh, lawful orders, is what they were saying, that they were not to allow anybody else up the road that they were trying to evacuate on, which means that the police in Hawaii are likely responsible for some of the deaths, if not almost all of the deaths, because people could not evacuate in an ordinary, uh, orderly fashion, not ordinary. Hopefully it doesn't become anything that's ordinary. So that led me to start looking into things. And I said that we're going to get into what people are calling conspiracy theories. Well, damn it, I'm tired of anybody with a logical brain being called a conspiracy theorist. Look, I, I brought up the other day, I wasn't saying that there were space lasers that caused what happened in Hawaii, right? I have no evidence of that whatsoever. But I do have evidence that those lasers do exist. And they are called directed energy. They are directed energy weapons. They've existed for multiples of decades at this point in time. Lockheed Martin and many other companies have them. I talked about Project Athena. So if you need to go back to, I think it was Monday's show, you can listen to that and hear more information about do. That's not where I want to focus today. I don't know what caused the fires, you know, a cigarette butt, uh, something a little bit more nefarious, bombs that went off, grenades. I don't know. That's not what I'm getting into right now. I'm getting into the things that just don't make sense. I'm getting into the things that you and I should be questioning. And I don't understand why places like the New York Post are putting out hit pieces. They put out a piece, uh, Alex Olivieri. Uh, put out yesterday uh, at night, Maui wildfires spark conspiracy theories about space lasers, Oprah land grabs, and suspicious trees. And he says that they have drawn bizarre conspiracy theories that the elites, such as President Biden, Oprah, may have used lasers to intentionally set the deadly blaze for their own nefarious ends. Uh, do people really believe this bullcrap that you're putting out, Alex? I have not seen anyone that said that President Biden used a space laser to intentionally set a deadly blaze. I have seen people say that it could be lasers. 
I've not heard anyone say it was Oprah. I have met people that have stated that the elite like Oprah and Bill Gates all have property just north of Lahaina where this happened to take place and that they all have been purchasing immense amounts of land. I have the documents that show actually, Alex, that there is a plan to redevelop a lot of that area. And this makes it very convenient. I'm sorry if that makes that a conspiracy theory, but I'm dealing with facts. Dealing with facts does not mean that you're trying to be an internet sleuth with a tinfoil hat. In fact, you should know this, Alex, because it was the New York Post themselves that had to go back on February 27th of 2023. And it was your editorial board that had to put this out. It says, turns out it was the lab leak deniers who wore the tin foil hats. Do you remember that time when people said that COVID came from a lab and all of a sudden it was called a conspiracy theory in the New York Post and other places? They ran those stories. Well, guess what, Post? You issued a retraction on that back in February. Are you going to be issuing six months from now a retraction on Maui? I suggest that you guys start using some critical thought, start using some journalism skills and asking people on the ground what they're experiencing, what their fears are. See, there are organizations that are already out there right now that have been trying to protect the island of Maui and as well as the islands of uh, all of Hawaii, right? It's not just a Maui issue. And so I actually had the opportunity to speak with uh, one of those individuals who's running for our rights in Hawaii. And it's an organization that is talking about how there's land grabs. There's people that are looking to transform Hawaii into an AI system. It talks about the agendas that are published online. I'm going to get more into that as I get into the show. But if you go to fourhourrights.org, uh, the owner of that, Lavana Lomo, is actually on with me. And uh, my friend Chris uh, Michaels, who's here on Fridays, as well as Matt from Cultivate Elevate, just last night. And it's a nonprofit organization that basically just talks about the blatant government overreach since COVID-19. But then it gets into the other areas of liberty and what's been going on in Hawaii. So Lavana is doing great work. And I, I highly suggest you check out fourhourrights.org. Or if you're on Twitter, at Real Greg Bolden is my handle. You can go back and listen to that space as it is recorded. So you can go back. I'm not going to rehash everything for you uh, during today's show. So to try to get into, you know, why, uh, where do I start? Okay. New York post first, if I'm having a logical mind, can somebody explain to me why the head of the police is police chief, John Pelletier. Now who is John Pelletier? Well, he is no uh, stranger to a conspiracy theory. See the Maui police chief moved after uh, Las Vegas the gunman during the concert, who was uh, the country music concert, 58 people were killed. And if you remember that story, no one could find any footage of this guy going up with all of these weapons and all of this ammo into this hotel room. There was no footage in Las Vegas released outside the room and were to be made, you know, even here five, six years after this whole thing went down, we're still not able to have all the answers to what happened. We're believing that it was one person that fired all these shots with deadly influence of, uh, you know, the weapons that they were using. They were able to reload very quickly and that eventually they're dead and we don't get to ask any questions. 
We still have no motives on that Las Vegas shooting. And who was in charge of the police during that time? Well, Pelletier was the incident commander that was covering the Las Vegas Strip. He was the person who had to go talk to the 58 people that were injured. And so I'm guessing that this individual also happened to work with the government on this, considering the fact that there was a large uh, gag order, so to speak, put onto the media and anybody else that was trying to tell this story. You were called a conspiracy theorist if you try to encourage anything outside of the official narrative of what happened in Las Vegas. So now where is this guy? He is in Maui. He happens to be the person that's going to have to go to the over 100 people and tell their families that their loved one was found in the rubble and likely 1,300 more people. Now, if I'm a conspiracy theorist, then I start connecting the dots with a logical mind. What are the odds that this individual happens to go someplace? Is this something where the person was put there with purpose, knowing that there's plans in the future? That's how conspiracies get started. Or is this guy just one of the most unlucky individuals on earth right now? And uh, if you ever see that police chief John Pelletier is coming to your town, I suggest that you move out. That, that would be what I would suggest. And that's not to say that he is uh, in any way complicit in any of this. It's just maybe they know that this guy is a good foot soldier and goes through. See, that's a conspiracy theory. But it's also using some logic of trying to figure out what is going on on the ground. Now, I told you that there are 1,300 people that are missing. Where the hell do you think those 1,300 people have gone? Well, if we know that the people were not able to evacuate because the Maui police chief, John Pelletier, shut down the roads and said no one exit, which was the stupidest thing ever, it allowed people to get charred to death in the streets, we also have to look at, well, why didn't these sirens go off? Where was the fire department? Why didn't they follow up? Is that a conspiracy theory to wonder why the hell didn't people do their jobs? I don't think that it is. And the people on the island that I'm speaking to are telling me the exact same thing. They're going, we got abandoned. We got left for dead. They wanted us dead. They wanted our land. These are the people's words on the island of Hawaii that are talking to us. This is not me making up conspiracy theories, New York Post or anybody else who's posting about this stuff saying that we have to stop talking about things that are anything but climate change and wildfires. Yeah, that's your own agenda, you jackasses. What I'm getting to is simply the fact that we have 1,300 children, 1,300 children. Let's call it what it is. The news media is not reporting that these are probably children. I'm not, you know, putting out anything that has not been verified by eyewitness accounts on the ground back to me. There are children that were left home because of a hurricane warning. They closed down the schools while they were left home. Their parents went to work when the fire started and they started the spread rapidly and quickly. These children did not have the ability to hop in a car. They did not have the ability to do much other than run to the neighbor's house. What are you guys going to do? I don't know. Some of them ran on down to the water where many of them may have drowned. We don't know now. They can be shark food as one uh, person from Hawaii put it. This is all a travesty. Why aren't they telling you this? Because if they told you that so many children have died in Hawaii, then maybe you would start asking, why didn't the fire department stay with the fire? How come the sirens didn't go off? Why didn't this police chief let people to move through this road? Why is this all happening? Why is it the fact that, you know, the winds were blowing the opposite direction from the ocean, but yet it still allowed the fire get to the ocean? 
Notice that no one's answering those questions. Notice that no one's talking about those because those have been officially removed from any type of narrative that you're allowed to talk about right now. And I think that that is extremely important for us to do so. If you go back uh, to that New York Post article, they talk about directed energy and talk about how people are sharing these photos. I agree. Don't share photos if you don't know that the photo came from the place where you think that it came from. You are spreading lies and deceit. That's why I have a problem with the people that are on Twitter. And I did a show about it, about these influencers that you're under the influence of. Get your information from people that are going to read the articles and that have a critical brain that are not trying to make money off of you day in and day out to boost their Twitter following in order for Elon Musk to send them their Tesla checks, right? To get their new Tesla Model 3. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest with everybody. If you start following me on Twitter, I promise you, I'm still going to continue to post great content, but I'm not going to do it in order to influence you. I'm going to do it because I think it's good information. And if Elon Musk happens to send me a check, yeah, sure, absolutely. I will take the check. All right, I'm not going to turn over money for all the hard work that I do every single day. But my motives at the beginning of my day are not to become an influencer for you. My motives are simply I am tired in this country of people not thinking critically. And for my own children's sake, I don't want to keep my mouth shut any longer and think that when my children grow up, I didn't speak up to protect their future. That's why I do this show. I do this show because I have a future to consider for other individuals. As an educator, when I'm in the classroom, I want my students to grow up in a world that is better than the world that I'm living in. If we cannot think critically, if we cannot have critical conversations, if we continue to con change the language every five minutes, change the meaning of words, we're going to have a very confused society. There are also people in this article for the New York Post. They're talking about how they want to turn Maui into a 15-minute city. Okay, can we just first talk about that a 15-minute city is being built right now in Saudi Arabia? Can we talk about there are blue uh, living cities being built right now, blue zones, I should say, right now near Manhattan Beach in New York City? Can we talk about how the blue zone projects are moving all over the country in order to create these type of environments for the future? Maybe that's not a conspiracy theory. And can we talk about as well, just as in East Palestine, how FEMA comes rolling in. Now we have people rolling in saying, oh, we'll get your property from you for pennies on the dollar. And eventually what's going to happen to that land? Well, if you have Bill Gates, you have Oprah Winfrey and all these other elites on there. And because it is such a cutoff part of the island, because you have to know your geography as you talk about this stuff too. And I wonder how many people have actually looked up Maui on a map to understand where uh, Lahaina is actually located. I have. Then you will start to understand that they could very possibly take this over as a privatized part of the island with resources that are privatized for an elite group of individuals. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's anybody with two brain cells that they can rub together and look at where that is located and go, hmm, this actually makes sense for what they could actually do. But no, New York Post, you're more concerned about trying to tell everybody, don't look at BlackRock, don't look at Jeff Bezos, don't look at Oprah, don't look at Bill Gates, don't look at the fact that this could be mass arson. Well, guess what? 
There are 1,300 souls that are unaccounted for, and they deserve us asking every question. And since there is a media blackout, shame on the government for doing so because it's our First Amendment right to go wherever we want for that freedom of the press and for my freedom of speech to say what I want to say. Take a break right here, everybody. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Make sure you're checking out our sponsors here on the network. Go to americaoutloud.news where you can check out all of uh, the people that help keep the lights on at the network page. And you can also uh, support me. You can go over to my website, americaembolden.com. You'll see there you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. Be right back, everyone. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here. We're looking through a critical eye on whether or not you can talk about theories regarding the Maui fires. Now, there's a let's first put in perspective the size of Lahaina. Now, this is a town on the very western coast of uh, Maui, and it's about the size of the average United States beach town. Not very large whatsoever. At the southern end, uh, you have some uh, homes that have tennis courts included in with them. You have like a little villa that's along the Pumana Sandy Beach, and that's where the road first comes in. And on the right-hand side, it looks from Google Earth to be kind of like this industrial area where they've been uh, mining kind of like volcanic ash and maybe even preparing the ground for future uh, development. And then right up the street from there, they have the Lahaina uh, Recreation Center with a boys and girls club and a dog park uh, that's off to the right, off to the left. You still have some uh, pretty nice homes that then lead to the Maui Divi Connection. They have this little uh, place there where I believe people are learning. It looks like it's a school alongside Maui Ocean Sports, followed by a park, tennis courts. 
and then several blocks when then you get to the Lahaina Harbor, which is where you've seen the images of all the children and adults running as the fire was around them engulfed almost in a nighttime type of scene. Uh, absolutely horrifying uh, to see that. During all of this, there's a Catholic church there that's still standing. The uh, Maria Lanakia Catholic Church. And the reverend there, or Monsignor there, because it's a Catholic church, he's a Monsignor priest. He says, for us, it's like a miracle. When we saw the news and saw the church steeple rise above the town, it was a great sight to see. Now, their hall was absolutely destroyed with the flames, as well as their property that was on the surrounding streets. But the church, uh, miraculously managed to uh, continue to make it. But when you look at where that church is located, it is about three blocks away from the Lahaina Harbor. Uh, and then there's a bunch of homes along that area. And then they get into kind of this uh, area called Hale Malaho Iona. And now I apologize. I do not uh, know the locals way of enunciating things, but these homes are really on top of one another. Uh, there were a couple different schools over in that area, and this is probably where the largest uh, loss of life could possibly come from looking at the rest of the areas. And then the town kind of ends uh, towards the top, uh, which is located along the Wahukuli Wayside Park. Um, and I believe the northern part did not seem to be as uh, affected. After you get through that area, there is wide open space followed by the mono water uh, golf course. And that's where you have your billionaires. You have people like Jeff Bezos. You have people like uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey. Um, they are all owning the property along this part of the northwestern Maui coast. All right. So this western part was not very populated, um, but it was densely populated in area and it would be very similar to a beach town in the United States. So now that I've painted that picture for you uh, and you understand that let's talk about the surrounding area around it. You have the uh, Kauai agricultural education center that comes down off of the West Mai uh, natural area reserve, which is up the uh, mountaintop that's there. And I believe that is called, Pew Cuckoo, uh, which is part of the West Mal Natural uh, Reserve, Forest Reserve. All right, so the winds that day were blowing from the west to the east. If you look at this, the water is on the western part of Lahaina, and the east would be the forest, the mountain part. There's no forestry for really several miles from this town. And so I think that that's important to note, too, when we start to talk about where this fire originated and we get more details in the future so we can figure that out. But there's still some documents that are a little bit interesting. And my colleague, uh, Chris Michaels, on the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels, talked about this on a show. You should go check this out because he has a, a much larger take than I'm going to be giving here uh, during this segment. He, he sent me over the fact that Governor Green was talking about the homeless situation and the fact that a lot of people have left the island. They've moved to the continental United States. And so on July 17th, Governor Green issued an emergency proclamation in relation to housing. 
Now, if you followed my shows just last week, you understand that anytime governors or a president has an emergency proclamation, that also means that they can kind of take control via eminent domain of properties because it's to quell the emergency. And it's unconstitutional. It takes property away from the individual. And we, the people, would need to speak up about that. But on the 17th, about a month, three weeks before this happened. And then about two weeks before this happened, there was another document that came out. And this was from the Department of uh, Defense, Hawaii Emergency Management Agency, so hawaii.gov. You can see they released a video series that offered tips to get ready two weeks ready for emergencies. So that was on July 27th. And then 12 days later, almost two weeks later, we have this. So when people are looking for, hey, what's going on here? Was there something in place to have a disaster in this area? Look, it is a possibility that there are individuals. My question would be, who are the individuals that would plan this? And would they be willing to have a massive loss of life in order to have their scenario uh, taken care of? Which leads me to what happened on the West Coast many, many decades ago. Are you familiar with the government testing biological weapons on its own people? Well, perhaps you need to go back to 1950 in order to learn something here. So I'm going to take you back to Operation Sea Spray, which was a United States Navy secret biological warfare experiment in which they put out two different types of bacteria. Uh, Bacillus globigii or globigii and Sarasia marishens. And they were sprayed all over the San Francisco Bay Area in California. Reason being, they wanted to determine how vulnerable a city like San Francisco may be to a bioweapon attack. It was their way of trying to shore up our defense against Russia, but they had to test it on somebody. So they unsuspectedly tested it on our own United States citizens. So back on September 20th, 1950, until September 27th, the Navy ended up releasing these two types of bacteria from a ship that was just offshore San Francisco. And they believe, they say at the time, that this would be harmless to humans. And based on the results from the monitoring equipment that they put at 43 locations around the city, the Army had determined that in San Francisco, they had received enough of a dose for nearly all of the city's 800,000 residents to inhale at least 5,000 of the particles, which was within the range of ineffectivity for what they were testing was anthrax, right? They wanted to know if anthrax, so it was the same range. However, on October 11th, 1950, there were residents of that area checking in the Stanford Hospital in San Francisco for a very rare and serious urinary tract infection. Some people recovered. However, one person who recently had prostate surgery died three weeks later from a heart valve infection. The urinary outbreak was so unusual that the doctors at Stanford started writing it up for a medical journal. And none of the other hospitals they claim in the city reported a similar spike in cases. However, cases of pneumonia in San Francisco also increased, and they found there possibly was a causal relationship, but it had not been conclusively established. 
And the bacterium was also combined with phenol and an anthrax simulant and sprayed across Dorset by the United States and UK military as part of DICE trials that ran 1971 to 1975. But notice that the military said, oh no, that, that case of pneumonia that you had after Sirachium arsenens was released, that, that couldn't have been us. Mm-mm. And so if you go to like the official Wikipedia page on this, they're going to tell you there's no evidence the army... Uh, did anything to really harm people. Uh, they're going to say that they also never alerted health authorities before they blanketed the region with uh, the bacteria. And doctors had often wondered whether or not that experiment was responsible for the heart valve infections around the same time, as well as the serious infections of pneumonia seen among IV drug users in the 1960s and the 1970s, meaning that the test in 1950, they believe, continued to harm people for the next three decades. It took until we had Senate subcommittee hearings in 1977 until the United States Army ever even disclosed that they were doing the test on their own people. And they're trying to say now, back in 1977, they were like, hey, back in 1950, we only saw 11 victims. So that wasn't our problem. However, in 1981, the surviving family members sued the federal government um, for financial harm and a lower court ruled against them because they said the bacteria used on the test was unproven to be responsible for Nevin's death. Sounds a lot like mRNA nowadays and what we have with experiments. But let us not forget that our government has taken tests out on people and has done things in order to harm individuals in order to have another agenda. So is it so out of the ordinary that what's going on in Maui is something that you would be able to claim, well, who is doing that? Well, it's possible. I don't know who it is, but it's possible somebody that wants the land, which leads me to when you have a declaration of emergency by the governor and FEMA comes in, FEMA has the power to eminent domain a disaster area and ask the individuals, sign this piece of paper, sign away your property, sign away your rights in order that us to take care of you. And we're also hearing on the ground that there are individuals that are being told until they sign the piece of paper, there's no aid for them. This is the United States. There is no aid for individuals until they sign the FEMA paper. That's the direct reports on the ground. That is damn near criminal. On top of that, Joe Biden comes out. And Joe Biden tells everybody, hey, you know what? Uh, it's a tragedy what happened in Lahaina. Jill and I will be there on Monday of next week, and we have a check for $700 for every person that was affected in Maui. Okay, $700, Joe. I told you this is a town that is about the size of your average beach town in the United States. That $700, if you were to put it out, let's say the 10,000 people, which 10,000 families, that might be excessive for what's there, but that's $7 million. Joe, where were you just a week ago when it came to going to Congress and asking our Congress to fund another $24 billion or $28 billion in money for the Ukraine? No. <laughs> And what did you want the money for? Oh, we got to make sure people get their pharmaceuticals. 
we got to make sure that the pharmaceutical companies are good. And I get it. People need their medicine if they're on medicine that's keeping them alive. But I'm pretty sure all 10,000 people, that's not the case. Also pretty sure $700 isn't going too far right now with people that have nowhere to live, no clothes. They really need uh, to be put up in places. Uh, And they need to have the ability to get uh, their not just shelter, but their basic needs met. And $700 is a drop in the pan compared to what they really need. Now, I'm not a big fan of the federal government coming through and giving out free money. But damn it, if we're going to give $28 billion to Ukraine, then let's start giving at least $20,000 per person to the people in Maui, which, by the way, if you took that $28 billion in Ukraine and you spread that to the 10,000 people, you'd be giving them each $280,000, which I'm pretty sure would be very, very big in their life. And since we don't get to see where our taxpayer dollars go, I'd be behind that at least to go, you know what, I don't see where this goes. But as long as I know that it's going to the individuals that need help and there's not like savages that are uh, finding ways to skirt the system like they did with COVID, I'm fine with that. I'd be completely okay compared to war. And I'm not for uh, government giving out people's money that way. I think that the best way that the government works is when the free market is at play and charity. People like to ignore the fact that the Catholic Church, through charitable donations, has completely changed the world. Now, you can feel however you want to feel about the Catholic Church, but the amount of money that they have put in uh, to uh, help make the world better for homeless people, help make the world better for the impoverished, is unmatched by United States governments, or any government is, I guess, what I wanted to say there. And so I believe that There are people right now that will gladly give as the death toll has climbed to 106 people with another 1,300 still missing. And remember what I said at the top of the show, we have children that are going to be involved in those numbers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I I don't know what you're thinking about, you know, how this fire started, but I urge you that if you're going to think about this critically, Go look at the Google Maps. Go look at what actually was burnt on fire. Look at how there's really nothing else around. Read up about the plans that people have for the area. You know, it's not a conspiracy theory that just recently there was a huge developmental contract that was voted down for a large multi-million dollar complex in that area. Will that get built now? Probably once this whole thing's cleaned up, bam, gone. And then look at the fact that there's really nothing left of these vehicles. There's really nothing left in this area. The the fire was so intense that steel was pulverized. Metal was completely pulverized. Meanwhile, there's other materials that were not harmed nearly as much. Now, I'm not a firefighter. I'm not an expert in this stuff. I'm just simply asking the questions that I understand why somebody would look at that and say, huh, I have a question about what I'm seeing. And the immediate time that we are no longer allowed to ask questions about what we are seeing, then your rights have completely gone away. Once your government tells you that, hey, we have a uh, free zone for press here, there's no press allowed in Lahaina. 
that you have to do your stories from over here and you're not allowed to go into that area. Once the government says that, they've taken away your freedom of the press and it's a censorship of freedom of preach of speech. If you don't have free speech, if you don't have a free press, then you have no true information. What you have is a propaganda machine that's putting out what they want you to know. And when I say what they are, I'm talking about the news media, the controlled, uh, controlled, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going blank on the words, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't happen too often, but they're, they're looking for the controlled narrative, so to speak, that's coming from government, because I believe the government and the mainstream media are really one and the same at this point in time. So uh, if you're not paying attention to this story, it is the biggest story in the United States, at least right now, maybe in the world. There's another fire that I have found out in the Canary Islands in Spain that has just broken out. Uh, that is a forest fire that's raging out of control as well. And that's not too far from a volcano, which then goes to some of my volcanic theories that I've had on the show as well. But I'm just trying to make my audience more informed. That's all. Ask questions. If you stop asking questions and just accept things, then just trust me, you're not thinking for yourself. Um, and then also vet the answers to those questions to make sure that it's not somebody trying to influence you away to something that's super, super crazy. Uh, ask the questions of like, why would they do something if you believe that that's how that is? And sometimes that might talk you back down off the ledge as well of whatever you might be thinking. As far as me, when I look at all the evidence here, something doesn't sit quite right. Something doesn't look quite right. But I've been saying this all summer long. I've been saying since the uh, forest fires in Canada, it didn't feel right. And then every single time this gets hijacked as if it's like, hey, look, we have another forest fire. This means climate change is here and we got to we got to have Joe Biden declare a state of emergency to stop climate change. I mean, a person even put out a book already on the Maui fires in order to make a case for climate change. And no, I'm not making that up. A book came out just uh, two days ago. Insanity. All right, everybody, I'll be back tomorrow uh, with another episode. It's going to be my weekly recap with Chris Michaels. I'm sure it's going to be a blast. Uh, make sure you go over to Twitter at Real Greg Bolden, where you can find that exclusive Twitter space where we talked about uh, Maui with people from the island. Uh, I think that you'll find that interesting. And as always, if you'd like to support my work, go to buy me a coffee backslash bold America. You type that in and you can buy me a cup of coffee and help support what I bring to you each day here on the America Out Loud Network. It's been a pleasure. Hope I honored your time well, and I'll see you again tomorrow. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.